Hi, I'm Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen from Shooks and Giff, the, the podcast. podcast. A part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the High Tech Podcast with Josh and Will. We're, we're getting so we did a thing. we're so close at nailing that. We did a thing. We've we've tried it before, you know. But I feel like we we have this weird delay when we do it. You know, I'm waiting for the day that we don't even like have a delay, and it sounds like we're those characters from Frozen. Wait, no, they don't actually complete each other's Sam- sandwiches. Nailed it. Oh, look at that. Oh, booming. we didn't even try that one. <laughs> that was, look at, look at us. You can tell that Josh and I are firing on all cylinders this week. Oh, yeah, we are. Oh, uh, you guys should be ready for a crazy episode. It's about to get insane. Anyway, uh, welcome to another week, guys. The high tech podcast and ladies and all people and animals. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I felt like I had to include, keep, you know, keep trying on that one. Well, I'll try. Some some things and Wookiees, whatever. Anyway, whatever floats your boat. Um, welcome to the High Tech Podcast. Oh, that was solid. That was good. That was good. Um, anyway, another week. Before we jump in, our normal spiel. We're online. If you don't know that we're online and you're just listening to us for the first time, or you've been listening to us for a while through your podcast tool, whatever that may be, an app, Google, Apple, the other random ones that are named, Spotify, <laughs> Anchor, Spotify. It's funny because I listen. The things through spotify not a sponsor um <laughs> uh, but uh and i forgot about them anyway if you listen to us but you haven't checked us out on social media or reached out to us or connected with us you should do that um so you can find us on twitter we're there at high tech podcast you can check us out there you can also email us if you're older than a certain age and still use email to communicate <laughs> with people um <laughs> My wife was busting on me Wow, that she's like, Josh, people don't use email. And I was like, first of all, that's not true. Um, <laughs> I use it every day. I use it every day at work. Uh, but second of all, <laughs> whoa, attack. Uh, anyway, <laughs> email us in inbox at hightechpod.us. Dot US. Uh, and send us. Uh, nope. Wrong. It's dot us. Um, <laughs> for those of you who are new, this is becoming a debate. Um, so, uh, and also, like many of our episodes lately, uh, you can email us a picture, if you're listening to this episode, of, I didn't think about this carefully, oh, gosh. Um, of a puma. Is a puma a real animal? Yes. Or just a shoe? Yes, it's okay. real <laughs> Oh, wow. And there's um, the misfire. Uh, One of those cylinders <laughs> not quite working. Yeah, well, uh, it's, you know, it's quality content. Uh, email us a picture of a puma. Or send it to us on Twitter if you don't use email. You're like my wife. I know you're listening. Um, anyway, uh, and also check us out at hightechpod.us. .us. Uh, that's our website. Uh, it has a lot of great resources. Each episode has a wonderful resource page that you can check out that has some information about the tools that we recommend. Made by his um, truly. Like that. Josh makes all the web pages. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Well, I make the web pages and you actually make us sound not like crap. So well, uh, we each have our roles. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, uh, this week, though, we've got a great episode planned for you. So if you were listening to us in season two, we talked about a tool. Sorry, Will was dancing and it, it didn't go well. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> Threw me right into that bus. We talked about a tool called, called IORAD uh, in one of our previous episodes. Yes. It has since become a favorite of both of ours. Um, Will's actually going to be getting to use it at a professional level now. Whoop, whoop. Um, Looking forward to I'm it. I'm just going to look from the outside using the free version for a while. Um, with jealousy but, and envy. Yeah, with oh, a lot of jealousy. Um, but uh, IRAD's a great tool. We really loved it. The ironic part about it is when we first did our episode, we'd only really looked at it a couple times uh, and kind of like we're learning it while we were talking about it and have since become avid fans of this tool uh and does it very make us ioradians are we ioradicals like i i don't know i'm not i'm sure i buy into the fun little like group team names that tools come up with yet i didn't say that people who listen to us are clearly high techians or clearly i don't know why you wouldn't call yourself that after you listen to our podcast for a while like 
why wouldn't you want to identify is <laughs> that nickname um okay we we digress this episode uh we've an exciting new guest on uh sean adams head of sales for irad will was able to connect with sean actually through work contacts uh, and sean actually agreed to come on to the podcast uh, after he'd heard that we did an episode on irad uh, and this is a great episode uh kind of a different episode but Sean gives a lot of context to the background behind IORAD in this episode, which I'm really excited about. Um, and we learned a lot of cool things about how IORAD came to be and just even the uses and what really motivated Sean to join the team at IORAD uh, as someone who was not there from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really cool to see through his eyes what won him over. Uh, and I think uh, for those of you listening, if you haven't looked at IORAD yet, we'll win you over. So really excited for this episode. I'm not going to say anything more. Let's just jump in and... Uh, Talk to Sean. This is a fantastic week where we not only get to hear from someone who sounds better than us and looks even better than us. You won't get to see that, so, folks. Or sorry, it's not. It's not like it's a hard bar right. to pass. <laughs> but uh, we're digging into a conversation with Iorad. We have the head of sales, Sean Adams, with us. Sean, are you there? I'm here. And Will did Josh, I get that? Having me? Absolutely. Did I get that right? Did I miss anything? Sean Adams, head of sales. You got it. Yeah, it's a nice, easy name. I like yeah. that. You know, the head yeah. of is very clear. Director and senior manager and all those things get, get goofy sometimes, but you're the head. We like simplicity over here. Oh, yeah. oh. Nice. well, we know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so Josh and I are going to fangirl all night. Forgive us. We love yeah. IORAD. I don't think you're going to complain about that, but um, I've been using it a lot. I know that Josh has tried to, to start using it. Are you using it already, Josh? Uh, you know, I keep peppering it in. I haven't made the, haven't made the, the right sale spots. call yet because we haven't got it, but I will say the extension is up on my Chrome browser right now above us as we're we're doing this. So <laughs> Now, uh, Sean, where, whereabouts are you joining us from? You East Coast? What are you in Tokyo? We, who knows these days, right? <laughs> yes, I am East Coast. I'm in Southern New Jersey. I'm about cool. 10 miles outside of Philadelphia. So very Southern part of New Jersey. Ah, where you got to get your water ice and a cheesesteak, right? It's taken me a long time to undo a lot of those Jersey accents and speaking <laughs> to people across the world. And it, uh, it it takes me a while to slow down and actually pronounce all the letters in each word. <laughs> oh, that's that's a bigger thing than you know. I, my sister-in-law moved out of state at some point. We're both from Pennsylvania, Josh and I, but my sister-in-law moved yeah. out of state at one point and she was working for a national company and she would get people to tell her like, ma'am, could you slow down, please? Mm -hmm. Like she just spoke that much faster than folks in the South and things like that. So it's, it's, just, that's outstanding. It's actually a really helpful sales skill to be able to speak to people where English is their second language. It forces okay. you to really contextualize, slow down, mm. leave out uh, big acronyms and buzzwords and just speak very clearly. It's actually been really helpful for me. That's awesome. That's cool. I mean, yeah, awesome. I love that kind of stuff, even just working with international company. You know, it's, it's tough when you've got colleagues in, in Belgium and different things or you don't know if the if the you know euphemisms or colloquialisms or acronyms. We all have acronyms. Business oh, yeah. is nuts with those, but it's definitely a fun thing. Now, Sean, how how about long have you been with uh, IORAD? Is this are you uh, newer to the company? Is the company younger? How's how's that work out? So the company is not new. Uh, it's been around since two thousand seven. Actually, the inception of the idea. Uh, I am relatively new with the company, so I've been here just under a year. And um, we've been a, basically a freemium-based product, meaning that it's designed to be very self-serving, user-friendly, uh, no real onboarding and training. Uh, mm -hmm. You guys can attest to it's designed yep. to be wildly <laughs> simple and uh, really kind of one, one uh, path through and you really get the hang of it. And so they haven't needed a, a whole lot to, to sell the product or get people bought in. Uh, <laughs> but as we've got into to the pandemic and, and uh, larger companies oh, sure. have had to go, go remote, uh, we've had a huge need to really tackle some of these larger organizations, uh, colleges, universities worldwide. So I've stepped in to kind of build out the sales motions to help those larger entities to kind of gravitate towards taking on this tool. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's very cool. Now, I'm curious, the history behind IORAD, right? So how, how did you guys end up getting started? Like, how did this company end up becoming the beautiful thing that I have seen now? Um, yeah, I'm holding my bias from, from an idea to a Mercedes, like, what, yeah, to, yeah, to, oh. to the gift that is IORAD right now, in my opinion. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty crazy story, uh, or just uh, the origin at least. Uh, so Sandeep Patel, who's the founder and CEO, very brilliant gentleman, 
Uh, back in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, he was an instructional designer. And so he worked primarily in the pharma industry and he was brought in to build documentation and training content, primarily on digital platforms, uh, CRM tools. I'm using acronyms already, but you know, customer <laughs> databases, all yeah. the tools that go into the, you know, the business world and things that they need to manage. And he would sit down with the subject matter expert and he would say, okay, show me how you do every single task. And it was screenshots and really bad, you know, video capture, documenting with text, <laughs> all Never. these things that we what? did before the cloud was really a thing. And, you know, on the one millionth screenshot later, he was like, there's got to be a better way to string this together and maybe automate some of these processes. Even the largest ent entities out there were doing the exact same thing with their training, and it was wildly painful to make these things. Uh, and not only just capturing the ideas, but then editing and managing them as the technology continues to change and, and iterate and improve. Mm -hmm. And so he really spent about a decade uh, out of pocket. It's a fully bootstrapped organization, means there's no outside <laughs> funding. Uh, wow. And he has just an unbelievable willpower to stick with this idea. He was fascinated by getting this out there. And uh, yeah, over that decade, he built a tool that, as you guys can attest to when you use it, it mirrors exactly how you would do and build a tutorial start to finish. It just automates the majority of those processes especially from the capturing side, the person making the, the content. And so, yep. um, you know, speed up to where we are today. Now we've got, you know, global brands, huge uh, universities, tens of thousands of people worldwide using the tool for, for those sort of purposes. Well, that's, that's just awesome. Oh, that's and, I, and I, I mean, Josh, you've been there, right? You know yeah. what? Sundays oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, the cloud exists now and I still get screenshots that look like they were created, you know, a decade ago um, from, from a computer that should not still be running. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think to your point, like what, what gets, obviously we're very excited about this tool. Um, now I will admit, I, you know, basically found it three days before we did our episode. It was basically, Will was like, Hey, have you seen this? And I, and I opened it up three but, hours, maybe. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I'm giving myself more credit. You know what? Shush. Um, but I think what I'm most impressed about it is to your point, I know the tools that can do other stuff like this and I never use them because it takes forever to create it. And managing it is a nightmare. Like if I ever have to go back and edit something because God forbid one of my apps changed an icon, um, the that that whole process has been complicated. So it's really cool to kind of see that that was kind of a spawning yeah. vision for what, what happened in it. Yeah, I yeah, remember I, one of the first ones I did was that issue. Like I, I spent hours making it and then I got feedback on it and I was like, I have to spend hours fixing it, you know, and that's, <laughs> yeah. I think the most difficult thing with any purchase organizationally is the change component. And most tools require you to adapt or adopt their methodology. Here's how you capture. Here's how you're now going to use video. Here's our five-step process, what have you. And it requires that person to now change and adopt this as their new habit mm -hmm. for doing this task. I think what most people love about IOrad is it forces no change upon them. It really as the word describes, captures what they're already doing and just automates those steps. And I think that that's one of the, the bigger pieces that really helps giving the sticking power, that it's not adding work to a plate, it's actually removing it. And uh, it's, it's mirroring what you're doing, not telling you, hey, you need to do this best practice. That's a, that's a really good insight into even the mentality of creating it. And, and it, it's like a reflection point for me, like, oh, when I'm using it, yeah. That's how it works. That's true. This is this is a little bonus question, an asterisk on the first one. I didn't think about this in, in prep, so forgive me. If there's no fun story, oh well. Where, where does IORAD come from? Like, what a name, IORAD. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's radical. We love that, mm. but. Yeah. So uh, the funny story when I asked this when I was in my kind of interview to get into the company to figure out what the heck was going on, the not so fun answer is that back in 2006 and seven, this was one of the only uh, you know, basically less than uh, six letter words left in the domains available. So that's the <laughs> first section. What would happen retroactively is uh, Sundeep and all his wisdom came up with this beautiful kind of acronym of instructional object rapid development. And so that's okay. the sort of posthumous um, <laughs> okay. uh, acronym that we've attached to, the, to this word. 
That's uh, but, awesome. but yeah, we, we, we like to play around with it and we, we have our IO radicals out there and yep. you know, we, we try to have some fun with, with the naming. I yeah. love your signature. IO radically yours. Like <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> nailed awesome. it. Yeah. You've made good use out of that name, which is, oh, which yeah. is good. Yeah. So uh question, question number two, keeping it moving along. What's, what makes you love this product? Like I've, I've sat through your sales pitch, but I also have gotten to chat with you, you know, aside from that. And I, I can kind of see that you're bought in, you know, most of our interviews to date have been like with a CEO or, or a founder. Like, it's really easy to ask them, why do you love this? Because I made it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but what, what's that stand out for you? Yeah, it, it takes a lot to be bought in and sold by something that, uh, you know, you don't have real financial investment in. Uh, but it, but at this point, it's, you know, my background is really in small business. I own multiple different small businesses for about 10 years before I got into tech sales. And I got into tech sales to help those small businesses that I saw struggling so much, myself sure. being one of them. And I saw that this technology out there was just transformational for organizations. If they could just adapt you know, uh, a scheduling program, a, a customer database. I mean, it would just revolutionize a lot of the activities they were doing. And so I did a lot of consulting work, helping them implement these systems and really get guides. And And I was doing everything manually. This was around that same time, probably 2010 to, to 15, something around that range. No idea that, that IORAD existed at that point. And I was doing everything manually with videos and, and all that. And uh, my own process was, this realization of how important documented processes were and real tactical uh, interactive training to explain how to do something. Mm-hmm. Not the, you know, kind of giant standing from the rooftops and yelling at someone to do something, not pointing at them, not a 45 minute webinar, but like real training that met people where they were. And sure. I did this the only way I knew how, which was manually, a lot of the ways that people do things now. And I went through a couple of different uh, uh, other companies that I worked with selling software, got introduced to Sundeep and sat down. First time I heard it, I'm like, great, it's a screenshot editor. I mean, who needs another one of those, right? <laughs> and, then, and then he just said in his, in his perfect wisdom, he was like, just go download it and try it. Like, oh, no, yeah. I'm not going to try to sell you. And then I started making it and then I was sending it over. And then I went to my mom, who is not tech literate at all, and I said, let me show you how this thing works. And she could understand it. And it made sense to her. And it was like, boom, it had that mom effect. It had this clarity yep. and simplicity. And the scale of where this could go was really what excited me because every organization out there has knowledge and they have people that need the knowledge. And the delivery of that information is usually a just painstaking process to create and manage. And so I've seen some of these, the largest organizations on the planet, and they all struggle with these same things and they're all overcomplicating it. They're using, you know, just six and seven figure products to try to solve these issues. And it's still not really giving them what they need. So the simplicity to me, the ability to to pivot and iterate in a second, to have it all be cloud-based, there's no uploading and downloading it's just it, the the simplicity is kind of deafening at some points when you really it clicks. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I've been overcomplicating this for this long, and that's really what stuck for me. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Because I just to yeah to attest to that, I think that's what's so powerful. What IORED's doing is like you said, it's um, like so. I've I've created plenty of guides. I've created plenty of videos. I've done all this type of stuff. And at the end of the day, what people really need is something that they can do the thing while being taught how to do it right because i may show them that video if I, had, practice. if I had a dollar for everybody who watched a video that i made and literally within five seconds forgot half of what was there they were doing um <laughs> like so just that whole that whole process yeah it seems well, so simple but it's such a Josh, it's such a cool idea do you remember the folder of PDF tutorials that I left you when you took over. Yeah, I deleted you know it when I came. Yeah, that it was gone pretty quickly. <laughs> punchline stolen. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like I, I, I used to work at Josh's current job, and and I had made all of these tutorials, and some of them were two PDF pages, some of them were six and seven and thirteen pages, and he, I don't blame him a, a moment, a second of blame for deleting that folder never using them ever they're so dead and they takes so much effort to fix um yeah. it's it's not worth it 
There's a, a really great Harvard Business Review article that talks about this, uh, the forgetting loop, they call it, the forgetting curve. And mm. it talks about if knowledge is not applied within the first, I think it's three weeks. I might have that that um, amount of time wrong, but 75% of it is forgotten in that first three weeks if there's no application of that knowledge. Mm. And so we find that people, you know, schools, we have universities, we have big businesses, they spend unbelievable amounts of, uh, of money, time, and energy on creating onboarding documentation, supportive documentation, uh, just, you know, everything that they would need from a help center reference point, and it just doesn't get used or it gets forgotten. And it's like, yeah. it's just such a giant waste and void that's out there because there's no application. Like most of us learn through a couple of different mediums. They may be different in that skill and how we like to consume information, but everybody likes to get the visual click by click interactive, get it and try it without a lot of risk associated to it. And I think that the the try it modes and these different kind of uh, ways in which someone can consume content is really what drives it home uh, because you're actually experiencing it. You're not just trying to come, like hear someone say it and then open a different screen and hope that you got mm -hmm. the full picture. And then three weeks goes by and forget it. It's just not humanly possible to recall that amount of information. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and more so, you know, I this isn't, these aren't meant to be like our breakdowns of the product, but it, I think it's relevant to the functionality and even even that like connectivity for the user because it's an extension, because you can make things public, you can make things private, but like because I could be on my my internal, you know, internet page or learning management system or whatever, right, to my company, to my university and click on my extension and see help guides that are contextually relevant, that is all the oh, more yeah. important like yeah, I can put in the body text on the page, click here for a tutorial, but I can also build a culture over time where my people would just click on the IRAT icon for help on the page that they're at. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, it, it, it fits so many like learning theories for what we try to accomplish in the education oh, yeah. space, but also just makes it easier. It's just easier if it's that accessible for the end user. There's a level of friction that exists with most knowledge that people are just they're um, they choose to ignore. I'll say I like that. I like that friction because what ends up happening is the way in which people receive information now, the way that the internet has gone, the Google effect, the Amazon effect, is that if you need something, you stick it in this search bar and it pops up in your face within less than a second. That's how people are used to learning things quickly and getting the information they need. And then they go into their first job or their new job, and here is 37,000 pages of information that they have to figure out how to read or <laughs> listen to. And you wonder why people get frustrated, and then you have the great resignation, right? And all these other things that happen, because it's not supportive of how people like to learn and how people interact in their daily life, right? Yeah. And so this idea of removing friction, meeting learners where they are, if I'm on a screen and I have a question, you know, I use the... The analogy of a GPS, right? Anyone in the world can follow and figure out where to go to a place they have never been before because of this stupid little app that's in our phone. Yep. You just have to know the end destination and you will literally be given step-by-step -step instructions for the entirety. If it was you're driving across the country or across the world, it doesn't matter. And that's so frictionless. It takes all of that out of the equation. You're not reading a map. You're not stopping at a red light and calling someone. It's right there. Right. And that delivery mm -hmm. is what people are used to with their learning. And so that's why we try to support that with the sort of in-app delivery of training. Because if I have a question, I want to go to my GPS. I want to go to Google. Right. It's frictionless. And that's what we're trying to support. That's so Nailed cool. It. That's yeah. There's a reason you're uh, head of sales. Um, so but <laughs> <laughs> um you have me sold at this point, um, which didn't take much. I was already sold. So let's, uh, anyway. Um, now, I guess I'm curious, right? So, because like our background is obviously education, right? And we're, we're talking to some of this. And I, I love that uh, it's good to know this came out of an instructional designer. This so much more starts to make sense when I realize that. Um, but uh, I guess the question I have for you is, what do you have any top stories from users? And specifically, I'm kind of curious, because I know you're in education area. Do you have any kind of, top education user stories, kind of places that this has helped in the education field? Yeah. So a couple of themes that we saw that were really satisfying or just kind of heartwarming were when the pandemic was first coming to light, we had all these educators out there 
who overnight became part-time or full-time IT professionals as well, whether they liked it or not, right? They suddenly had student bodies, fifth graders, or you know anybody in between who needed help to do everything. The classroom became this digital little box that they had to live in. And they had to help them understand the environment they were in before they could even teach them anything. And so we had all these stories of teachers that were adapting and adopting this tool and saying, now I don't have to spend 40 minutes of my 45 minute class <laughs> explaining to people how to log into Google Classroom and what button to click to get started, right? <laughs> and there was this huge drop off that would happen when they were adopting this tool. Like, okay, great. Now I've got to get these kids to understand how this works, or we have a new mechanism to deliver the, the knowledge or the lesson, the, you know, the uh, curriculum, whatever it happened to be. And it was a complete distraction because people didn't understand the tool. And so we heard all these stories from teachers and educators out there who really were just being able to get back to what they wanted to do and give them like a, just a minuscule amount of joy in their life because life was so hard while they were having to live remotely and take care of their own families and everyone else's children or you know whatever the classroom environment looked like. And so hearing those stories was, was really nice and, and just to see how powerful the tool could be, that people could adapt it right away and really make a difference in the, the classroom setting. So from the teacher perspective, that was super helpful. Um, on the admin for, for any kind of administrators out there, there was such an influx of available jobs, people moving careers, picking up and leaving and doing all kinds of movement happening out there professionally. And that meant a lot more onboarding, a lot more training, a lot more new faces and protocols and processes that were constantly shifting and moving. And so we heard from a lot of organizations that were saying, look, now I have a repository of content that's helpful to get people to feel comfortable. They're already overwhelmed by what's going on globally out of their control. Let's give them a little bit of control in at least their job, right? Or the thing that they, they need to be focused on today. And so those were some of my favorite stories of just hearing how impactful the tool was with just giving people a little bit of normalcy in, in otherwise pretty crazy time. Well, and, and what stands out to me uh, in the higher education context, of course, you know, we all and we all pivoted in March 2020. And so we finished this semester and, and we all kind of made it up as we went. But August, September, new students were showing up to college as from high school, yeah. you know, and, and asking, how am I going to do this? And so not only was it immediately important in March, but right that that first fall semester, you know, you had admissions teams trying to figure out how to get people into Zoom calls and how to help people register for stuff and how to, you know, get their first books ordered without ever seeing a student face to face. You had, you had, you know, student counselors trying to figure out how to get people to use the new scheduling system to take a counseling session to like all of these at every level of higher education oh, yeah. in August, September, 2020, people had to learn without any context, what it was to begin to participate as a higher education student. And, and you can replicate that across contexts and audiences, but an IORAD, I could imagine, I can, I, I, I wish I had it at that moment. If I had had it at that moment, it would have been oh, yeah. a ton easier to help my scuba diving teachers and ballroom teachers oh. and tai chi instructors to scuba guy always comes back into the podcast um <laughs> you know when, yeah, when no. somebody comes to you says how am i supposed to teach this online like oh well let's let's get some irads built you know that would have been my yeah. answer if i had the chance oh absolutely and i think to your point like the where i see this being so helpful in the education area is the, the same thing i mean this happened and I, I work in online a lot sean so that's a lot of what my team does is designing online courses so this was nothing new in COVID, it was like oh yeah there's there's technology um it's here uh <laughs> and uh it's been for a while um but uh the the amount of times it's like we're trying to support students both instructors and even the people that i work with in support areas that it's like i'm here to help you figure out this thing related to your course but i also now have to somehow have to figure out how to help you to get onto zoom because that seems to you must have missed that memo early on when we decided to start doing it um, or the amount of times I have to be like, you know, can you share your screen? And somebody goes, how do I do that? And I'm baffled because I'm like, it's the green button on your monitor. It's fine. Um, Wait a second. What, what day is it? What but all it? of that to say, like, what I love love about this is it's like, okay, how can we fit into those moments and provide a way for people to learn it 
without having to read this whole thing beforehand or do this whole thing beforehand, but actually have something that guides them along the way. To your point, I haven't thought about this analogy until you just used it, but the kind of the GPS of of uh, training and learning in there. And I really like that concept. And I definitely think your tools, your, your tools achieving that in some way. So I think that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And the last piece I would say is just professional development, which was relatively new as a concept to me, not coming from the education space, but we got a lot of feedback from folks who mm. felt that their sessions were actually much more advantageous. And uh, I don't know, there was a lot more a adoption overall from their, their staff because there wasn't the distraction of, uh, you know, here's a 45 minute presentation, best of luck to you. We'll see you next quarter or next year. Yeah. Right. It was much more of a self-serve Let's get you warmed up to how to use this tool. Okay, now that you're in there, that's a distraction out of the way. Now let's let's talk about how we're going to deliver this. And in some of those simulated mm -hmm. environments, they were going through the feel and the flow of a system and a process. And then when they went live, it was kind of like muscle memory. It was this sort of mind mapping that they talk about instructional design and would build these pillars for people. And they would leave those sessions feeling a little more empowered because they felt like They'd tried and had application before going, you know, back in to, to put this in real application in live environments. So uh, that was another huge piece that I heard. And the professional development, I know, is a is a big piece for educators everywhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It falls in line with um, some really important principles of universal design for learning. I don't know if you're familiar with theory, but it, it actually comes out of like architecture and things primarily. And then it has become to become very important with in a, instructional technology, online education that, you know, if I'm going to make something, I want to make it as easy for all persons to participate with it or use it or whatever. Right. So we see ramps. Uh, up to doors in physical society, but we also just see automatic doors. Like it's great when you find a building that just doesn't have a door with a handle. Well, mm -hmm. it may have the handle, right? But but almost all doors just open themselves because it is not just good for people who have a disability or or a lesser ability physically, but it's easier for me. I like an automatic door. It's I have my entire house is smart devices. You know, yeah. I've got a hey Google this and a hey Google that. Right? I can turn that space heater on behind me by just saying two words. But when I use IORAD, they, you are following those principles, even in the way that the, the system mm -hmm. walks the users through the steps, right? I, like it shows that visually click and, and it gives the click instruction or it gives a right click instruction versus a left click, click instruction. They can just click through arrow by arrow. But the thing that stands out to me the most is actually it's error communication. If somebody clicks the wrong spot, there's a little kind of like a flash. There's just a little bit of a color change yeah. on screen um, to indicate like, oh, you missed. And it's not mean, it's not blaringly red or something, but it's it's this idea of forgiveness, uh, universal design for learning principle, where I get the chance to try again until I get the correct answer. And that, mm -hmm. that space to try again without like a punishment or negative feelings associated, I, I, like I almost get a little emotional. Like I already nailed that. It's so easy for someone to do something wrong, but not not feel like they can't still succeed while they're doing an oh, yeah. IORAD and trying it out. Yeah, absolutely. There's a, a level of um, where people get very disheartened when they've made a mistake or they hit that failure point, especially a, a child or someone who's in their learning oh, path yeah. just you know, because of their age. When they click on some areas and they're in a whatever, a spreadsheet or whatever it might be, and they make some mistakes, it starts to like become a part of them. Like, oh, I screwed this up. Now I'm already down this rabbit hole. I have all these mm -hmm. things I now need to undo in order to get back on track. And then they feel behind and there's all these emotional components that go into that. And so, you know, what we hear often from users and teachers is, is that ability to give them, as you mentioned, this sort of, um, you know, kind of wall free, uh, it's just, it's a, it's a lighter experience. There's, there's no wrong answer. They get to try without penalty, without pressure. Um, and then it just, it gives them the confidence uh, and some of that conviction to kind of move forward. And we find that that's really helpful for, for building uh, the, the learning, the, the blocks of learning moving forward. As my mom's IT person, I've just committed <laughs> in my heart that going forwards, she will be receiving IORADs. Like it, it finally is like, <laughs> I love this for work, of course, but now my life is just that much easier. Like, here you go, mom, click this link, then, then text me back. Let me know. <laughs> I have an unlimited amount of these types of stories. Uh, we just bought a, a house and the person that we were purchasing from the seller 
was really having tr trouble because everything was digital. Uh, and he wasn't that old, but he just like wasn't used to this world. And, and he's like the first time he'd sold a home. And the DocuSign was just very overwhelming for him. And he mm. couldn't he couldn't get it. And I felt so terrible. We couldn't be there in person. So I just whipped up a couple of IORADs and I sent them to him. And I sent it to Sandeep. I said, you realize IORAD just bought us a house. Like this was the reason that we actually signed <laughs> on the property because I sent it to him and he was able to understand. And the guy said, yeah, I clicked through your little doohickey thing. And then I, yeah, I got it. It, it was pretty easy. And I was just laughing on the back end. Like he was, it was five emails back and forth before I realized like, Eat your own dog food, send this guy the thing and let him do it himself. <laughs> That's amazing. That's hilarious. I'm going to have to keep that in mind, um, especially for DocuSign. I got a lot of them coming up, but uh, yeah, that's really, that's really cool. Um, now I, I have to ask before we get to any other questions and derail us slightly um, because I'm just, I'm super curious and I hope you have the answer to this. If you don't, you can just ignore me. Um, whose idea was it? to make the IORAD logo the bright pink logo. I must know. <laughs> like I, I... <laughs> You know, it's it's one of those double-sided <laughs> coins because it sticks out so much. Like I've made it oh, my yeah. background on my profile on LinkedIn and I have many people who cuz I'm I'm pale Irish guy. <laughs> like the pink in the background is not a good color on me, but you know, it <laughs> sticks out in a, in a list. So it is a very helpful color because I think the yeah. first iteration of it, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, is that very few websites have that ridiculous color pink on them. And so yeah. when you're highlighting something, it sticks out because there's nothing to blur, nothing to kind of like blend it in with. So that was the original intention, I believe. I don't know who exactly, if I had to guess, it was probably Sundeep <laughs> because that's where most of the good ideas come from. Um, but it's funny, one of the number one questions we get asked on our demos is I love it. It's it's really great. I gotta know though. Can I customize that color? Like, can I get that thing <laughs> off of there? It's it's cool, but I've got to have some branding. And the pink, like, I can't even listen to your words because it's so distracting. <laughs> the pink is too loud. You know so what? Though it's the branding selling, element it tends to sell itself. It's selling yeah. features for you, right? It's driving yeah. people to want something out of it. I hats off. I don't have a hat yeah. on, but hats off. Mm -hmm. I had one, I would do it too. Yeah, that was not criticism at all because I agree. The, I, I think it's hilarious. Like, it's one of the first things I see, but it's like the first couple people I showed it to, it's hilarious how that's the same reaction across the board. Like, man, this is really cool. Oh, wow, that pink. is really pink. That was like, <laughs> it was like, yeah, that really pops. <laughs> well, once we can get back into live environments, my idea is to get a uh, three piece suit in that color for conferences. <laughs> Oh, I thought yeah. I could walk around with that and that could be like the beacon that they would know oh, I was coming yeah. before I was actually coming, walking um, down like a giant highlight tool, walking through a crowd. <laughs> I 100% support this idea. So that's for all that's worth. Right. I hope to meet you at a conference someday, Sean. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to that moment. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, looking, looking backwards is great. I love this history. So just take a moment to kind of look forwards. Um, is there anything, anything new on the horizon? Any little Easter eggs you can drop for us of what we can expect the product to, you know, develop or, or change? Yeah. One of the big projects that we have slated for, for 2022 here is what we call our community. Uh, it's not live yet. We're still kind of in the development stages right now. So imagine a, an interface, a forum, if you will, a totally public environment in which anyone, a creator or a learner, can come in and ask a question, a how-to-oriented question on a piece of software. It doesn't really matter what it is, right? I, how do I use Google Drive better? How do I create a new spreadsheet? How do I do X, Y, or Z? It doesn't really matter. And on the back end, there's going to be a series of experts. Uh, basically, anyone can be an expert. And what's going to happen is they're going to post a question. And in a true forum, anyone can go and answer that. And then the poster gets to basically rank or rate what they thought was the real answer to their question. Kind of like a Quora sort of environment like yeah. you have with Google. And those are all going to be delivered in IORAD formats. So the person that can create and answer the question will make an IORAD. The person who asked the question will be delivered an IORAD. And the entire community will be able to download that as a template or take it into their account. Not really download. Mm -hmm. More like sure. just kind of seep it in. And we're going to do this across hundreds and hundreds of different tools and anyone that wants to bring a new one in can do so it's sort of democratizing how to content for, for digital learning and that's really yeah. our mission is to get the knowledge to the people who need it out there 
And we find that IORAD is the best delivery mechanism for that. Instead of long-winded you know, YouTube videos or someone taking screenshots or text, uh, we want something that can kind of iterate and grow and be changed quickly. And so the community is a place that anyone's going to be invited to to do just that. That's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, I immediately think of like Reddit, except, you know, with actual helpful tutorials instead of and 18 billion threads of people who yeah. didn't actually know my question or my answer. <laughs> right. So that's that's really cool. Yeah, without the memes. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, I'll find I mean, a way. I, yeah, I could take a, a meme, meme somewhere around there. Yeah, I don't fit in there. I'll be a, I'll be a community user. So, uh, you know, the, the opportunity though there is, is awesome because if I think about my company, you know, we, we have a branded learning management system, but we use normal Google, right? So I would be glad to pull your Google answers and anybody's Google answers about Slack, e Gmail, calendar, et cetera, and just use those. Why, you know, there's no need to have it branded yeah. necessarily on some of these, you know, I, I see, I see the value, I guess, immediately of how I would start to integrate that. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the intention. And even the best software tools on earth, they all lack proper documentation, primarily because it's so painful to make and manage. And so our idea is if they could then outsource that to crowdsourcing efforts to kind of empower their yeah. knowledge loop, that's when it's going to get really interesting because you're going to have bigger brands who are going to be supportive of the general public helping answer questions for them. And now we're not having such, you know, hoarding of information or these big mm -hmm. gaps in knowledge. And that's a really important cause for us. That really, that really connects in our, in our education context, though, with a movement called Open Educational Resources, OER. You know, there's a big movement not only to create content that is OER certified, you know, that it is open and, and, and freely accessible, but um, to to uh, you know, organize it and collate it. Like there's so much out there, mm -hmm. but like now publisher houses are starting to get into free stuff because, you know, they don't, you gotta be a part of the trend or else you lose the market. Right. Um, but at the same time, you get these silos popping up where it's like, Oh, if you want these kinds of open textbooks, go over to this guy. If you want these kinds of open textbooks, go over to this, this person, you know, like, and that stuff that can be a little bit of a pain point where the IRAD community is going to it's going to have Office 365 sitting right next to Google and, mm -hmm. and their competitors, right? So that, that'll be, I think, a great community to see that flourish. Yeah. And I think that there'd be space for folks to even get in this from like the OER side of creating trainings, creating content that could work uh, across, you know, Psych 101. Every Psych 101 needs to have a, a section, you know, on the history of Psych 101. So why, if somebody comes up with a good couple of, you know, pieces on that, they could share that through IRAD. I don't see why not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, I like the idea of it just all being in one ecosystem too. I think that's the the component that would excite me about that idea. It's just that like being able to search all those solutions all happening through IRADs instead of the five or six different versions of guides or sources that every other different group of person uses. Because um, just that in of itself, just encouragement, I think it is very helpful because I think that just throws off. I see that all the time with people um like an instructor who asks me to do asks how to do these three things combined and i have to send them three different guides from different tools mm -hmm. that all do their guide system slightly differently so then he gets confused because he's already confused about the tool so that <laughs> just that idea is is uh, i think really cool yeah and, and folks will be incentivized we're going to have a tokening system uh, for providing answers to questions and, and being rated or voted, uh, you know, in, in a quality way. And so that's going to be a big part of it as well is this sort of community driven content. Um, like you said, that doesn't have any sort of veil over it. There's no paywall necessarily. And it's, you know, really there to give you the best delivery of that information, not just, um, the, the content itself, like it's, it's good quality, but also how we learn it tends to be just as important as the information itself, right? Mm, There's yeah, a lot absolutely. of brilliant professors who are not very good teachers because they have all the information, <laughs> but they cannot deliver it in a consumable way. You got it. Have you been Have you been listening to our podcast before? Because I feel like that's a quote. No, I'm just joking. And it's, it's true. And that's like, Will and I talk about this all the time. That's why we're in the field that we're in. It's not just about the content. It's about how people learn it. And yeah. the process in which they do it. And I, I just think it's really cool. I can tell in the DNA of IRAD, like that is in what you guys are doing. So just like an encouragement to what I think that's why both him and I are so excited about this tool. It took about five seconds for both of us to be like, finally, like something I can <laughs> use for tutorials that actually is functioning the way people should be learning tutorials um, is, is really cool. 
Love it. Thank you, Sean. Thank you so much for taking the time with us this, this evening as we record, but for this episode, we hope that, uh, you know, you enjoy this time with us, but also we get to share this with more folks in education because we know it can make the impact. Yeah, guys, this was a lot of fun. I appreciate the time and, and uh, talking a little bit about IRED and getting it out there to, to your audience. So thank you for, for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, folks, we'll just uh, do a debrief, Josh and I, in just a moment. So hang on for just a second. We are back from our conversation with Sean. Uh, really, it was just uh, an awesome conversation. I appreciate when yeah. we get to bring in these people. I mean, we don't we don't know most of the folks we've been, you know, interviewing and, and having as guests, but it still is yeah. just so fulfilling to have them hit it out of the park. Uh, Sean not only brings his expertise in IRAD, but the consideration, like like Josh was mentioning, as we queued things up, like he gets what it is for folks to like learn and retain information, and he's and yeah. he sees it just like we do. You know, how do you teach your mom? How do you help somebody down the street? Yeah, like, I think it's hilarious that he used his test was to use IRAD with his mom yeah. to see if she could get it um that is hilarious yeah i think it just shows the like some of the stuff of learning is not as complicated as people make it seem like it is it's like you it's like don't... this huge complex science yep it's like no it's not though <laughs> like some some of it's pretty basic we just choose to ignore it because it's more inconvenient to try to figure out how to get people to learn that way there are some things like procedural things that need like the 10 steps to complete the procedure right but if we need to learn yeah. to do something we need to be quicker easier faster yeah. more in time more in context and iorad fits the bill for that i, I know that yeah yeah and i like i think you and i were joking about the fact that it, I didn't know an instructional designer started IORAD, but it makes a lot more sense now. Like right. knowing that he came out of learning design, like it's, uh, yeah. I mean, when we first looked at this tool a while ago, it was one of those things where like, you know, listen guys, we're not going to pretend that we deeply use every tool that we bring on the podcast. Shh, if you think Josh, we do, Josh, shh. don't, don't break their <laughs> bubble. Don't burst the bubble. <laughs> if you think we do, you think way too much of us. That's way too crazy. Some of these tools we find, pretty quick and we do enough tests now that's not that we don't test them like listen there are tools who have not made it in the podcast okay (laughs) um we won't say their names but i will say uh you're gonna uh eventually uh no you've already heard from them um (laughs) justin who's been on our podcast uh suggested a tool that did not make it on the list it we tested it and it did not achieve our desired results so um we don't put every tool on but there are some tools that like we find we do some testing we're like okay we could use this and we talk about it right and then we try to build a better relationship with the tool and irad is one of those like we took a look at it we're like this is cool let's talk about it it looks great and then progressively over like two weeks we just will and i are texting each other (laughs) about how absurd this tool is and i want to keep using it and it's amazing and so we're like head over um, heels all that is to say, I think it meets a really important need, and it's clear that there was intention behind the design, which is that yeah. how can we embed ourselves into the tasks that people need to do, make it easy for people to just record what they do, and it to show the steps. Like, how can we kind of get to that process? So, yeah. I think that's really cool, and it's cool to see like even somebody like Sean who admits like he has no financial backing in the tool like you know like this is not right i mean it's his employer but on the other side like he finds real reasons to use it in his life like he's using it in real estate he's like buying a house and he's using it yeah uh, to show the guy how to use docusign here's here's how you do the click through and you know what docusign is pretty good you know it has its own instructions but docusign's not that hard i mean like but like at the same time it's i love his one of the words he used, the guy responded back and said, I use that doohickey you <laughs> sent me and it wasn't that hard. Like, here's the thing. It's not like anything changed about the process that the guy had to do. Right. Right. It's not like the process the guy had to do got easier. It's that IORAD came along and I like his analogy or his con, not analogy, but just reference of like reducing friction. IORAD right. came along and reduced some of the friction that happens in learning. Which right, for me, that I mean, this is like almost I think this is a podcast idea I'm going to write down here. Like, what's the friction in your classroom? This is a reflection point when we talk about, um, you know, audience analysis and trying to like maybe even make personas so you're aware of who you're teaching to. Mm-hmm. What's, what's the friction that's happening in your classroom? Yeah. And 
when I remember my my design classes and stuff, like that's as simple as are your students hungry? Is the classroom warm? Blah blah. blah. Like, but yeah. but we have so much noise in our day to day lives, and oh, yeah. that friction can be anywhere from not able to get the textbook to, you know, just took three tests before I came to your class. Friction's everywhere. Yeah. Um, but but all the more when you're just looking at your own curriculum. If you, like in one of my master's degree classes, have five different sets of instructions for something, that's a friction point. And you need to get it down to one set of instructions yeah. and, and, and. But because there's there's obviously like there's healthy friction in some areas, right, where you want the, there's kind of that dissonance that you want to create sometimes. Um, but like a lot of it is like, how do we reduce that unhealthy, unnecessary friction that's getting in the way of learning? Right. Right. Like it's it's. uh and yeah, and it, I just feel like sometimes people are like, well, that's just a part of the situation. They should know how to deal with it or they should. Well, no, like it's going to get in the way. And so like when tools like IRN come along, they can help reduce that. Right. Like that, I think is really helpful. So I think that's really cool that that's kind of like their target and their philosophy. I still didn't get a solid answer to the color. <laughs> why? Choice, but like, like why? But it's fine. I'll live in mystery, I guess, at this point. Um, it, you know, it's working. It's, that's why enough. I got closer. Yeah, I got closer. You know, I got closer to the answer that will plague me for eternity. Hey, good news for um, folks. If you do not know, you can brand it yourself. Like he said it. Yeah, it was into it. it. You can oh, he brand dropped it that in there. Yeah. He's a great salesperson. Yeah. Like, let's just nailed be real. It. Um, yeah, he nailed it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's cool. I'm very, like, I encourage you guys, if you've not checked out IRAD, it's free, like, for at least up to a certain point. So you can check it out. Yeah, I've been premiums. using it a little bit on the yeah. free side for right now. But, um, yeah, it's it's uh it's really really cool. I am a huge fan of that tool, and I felt like I had something else to say. And to be honest, I've been trying to kill time to figure out what that was. And it ain't coming and, to you. And uh, I, it's not. It's that's all right. It's not coming to me right now. It's weird. It's not. It's not great. Well, I'll I'll kick off our our episode here, and and you can think if it comes back to you. We thank you as always. We thank Sean and and the IRAD team for taking the time with us. It's just such a privilege to work with folks who. Um, are able to have a good conversation and share, you know, some some ideas and some opportunities to um, educators and others alike. This has been episode 52. Uh, next time, we're going to be talking about reflection, right? We've, uh, we really think that reflection as a cognitive activity, as a learning activity, even just as a soulful and mindful experience is really important to learning. Uh, and so we want to kind of have that conversation with you. But we're also going to offer up an app called the reflection app reflection dot app um, that might help you and others process this in a, in a not necessarily a guided practice but in an intentional practice so tune in yeah. for the episode next time uh, that'll get us going as always check us out on twitter at high tech podcast our website is hightechpod.us and the email inbox is well <laughs> inbox at hightechpod.us. Don't forget your picture of an emu. Yeah. Until next episode, as we continue to learn how to harness technology in the physical and digital classroom, we'll see ya. See ya.